after that limitation hit, I, I, I picked up the phone. I says, honey, um, and we just had a brand new child. I'm like, I got to quit. <laughs> I go, there's just no way. She's like, no, the stability and all this other stuff. I says, no, I just, I got to quit. She goes, well, promise me one thing. Just promise you won't start your own business. <laughs> this is Creative Disruption. The intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your hosts, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome to Creative Disruption, the podcast where we talk about entertainment, data, and all the great things that are coming in the future of advertising. And I am here. I am Ricky Ray Butler, and I'm here with my co-host, Daryl Eves. Hey, Ricky. I'm do- hey, how are you doing? <laughs> doing good. So, so, so Daryl um, has been, you know, really unsupportive uh, with me doing the whoa, introduction. Whoa, whoa. Let, let's, <laughs> let's not say unsupportive. I was encouraging you on after the 50th time. You actually did a pretty good <laughs> yeah, job. This is the first time you didn't cut me off. But anyways. <laughs> um, Just because we're running out of time. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know. Um, today, you know, we're going to have a lot of stuff to discuss and, and a lot of fun stuff, but what, what are you thinking about? Like what, what's, what are some of the things that mixers on my mind right now? Mixer. Yeah. And and the reason why it's on my mind is uh, a really strategic move, uh, by Ninja to go move his following over to mixer. And I don't know what the, the, the deal was inked. I I have Mm -hmm. no idea. But for someone that's really established on a platform to leave, it had to take a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. With, with the amount of money he's making a month, et cetera. Like, I mean, it, it was a significant upfront. Yeah. And I'm sure a guaranteed ongoing um, payment. I, I don't know any of the details uh, well, of the deal. Let me tell you why I love it more mm-hmm. than anything else is because I believe we're going to see in the next about three years, it's going to be the battle of the platforms. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really dissatisfied with Twitch. There's a lot of people that are dissatisfied with YouTube. Right. Uh, not very many people on Mixer, but mm-hmm. you know, it's w- basically the influencer has their audience, and wherever the influencer goes, is the audience is going to go there as well. I think this is a good thing for Twitch. No, I, I think it's a great I, thing. I, I think I think the reason why I think it's so good is because whenever people talk about Twitch, it's always Ninja. It's always yeah. about Ninja. Yeah. When really there's a bunch of other streamers out there that are doing really well, that have very similar numbers to Ninja. Yep. And and what's going to happen is Ninja is going to have some benefit because he's creating a lot of buzz, and I'm sure he made a lot of, a lot of good money. Um, Mixer's obviously going to have some benefit because they now have a mainstream you know voice on their platform. But all those other streamers on Twitch today are now going to rise, and they're going to get right. more they're views. Gonna have more visit- they're going to make more money. Exactly. And and so I think for for our industry, um, in, in general, it's really good. I so a couple things. It's like what in, encourages creators, and right now I think there's going to be a lot of platforms that are going to do these these deals similar to what Mixer did with Ninja, and say, hey, here's here's uh, X amount of dollars if you will, you know, exclusively stream on us. Um, now that being said, that's going to really make the industry really top heavy in the sense of paying creators a ridiculous amount of money. Cause I can only imagine Microsoft actually not, not too familiar with the space. I mean, they're familiar, but not too familiar with the space, just throwing and inking a deal that says, Hey, he's the biggest one. He has the most eyeballs. Let's get him over on our platform. And now, uh, to protect that, like what, what would be your way that you would retaliate? Wouldn't you just cut a check, say, Hey, creators stay. That's, that's what YouTube did when, when Facebook was to come out and say, Hey, Facebook was paying people to uh, post exclusively on Facebook. And they they had deals that were ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And YouTube's like, no, no, no. If you stay with us, we'll pay you this type of guarantee. And so I see that happening and it does create a sense of friction between new creators, but it's also going to open up more money for uh, creators like on the platform that aren't, uh, you know, aren't necessarily making the money right now uh, just because the eyeballs uh, to transfer eyeballs from one platform to the other is very, very difficult. So this is something that's been happening for a while in China. Yeah. Where you have Weibo creators, and you don't see these Weibo creators on all the different platforms. Yeah. You have Douyin um, creators or WeChat creators. And, and you know, the platforms have been very, you know, good about making sure people stay very exclusive to their platform. Well, because now, they finance the whole thing. Right. I mean, it's so, like... But I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah. But, but it's fun to see these types of moves made, and it's going to be really interesting to, to see what comes out of it. Um. Not a lot of people know this, but um, you know, there, um, for a while there, there, there was a there's a Minecraft creator that was looking to compete with 
um, Twitch.tv really early on. Right, and, right. And, and he um, went over, he was the first person to actually go over to Mixer, right? Yeah, well, no, no. So so he partnered with some guys. Well, he was starting to partner with some guys that ended up developing Mixer and ended up going over to Mixer. Got it. But um, Got it. I mean, it was actually Sky Does Minecraft. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, that's and, what I was thinking of. And um, um, I don't think he ever followed through with it. But I mean, I had no, I thought, like, I met, you know, these like teenage kids that were, Building this platform, I was like, okay, these guys are overambitious. We'll see what happens. Well, <laughs> and then they get acquired by Microsoft. Well, so literally, just a couple months ago, one of them hit me up and said, "Hey, I've been at Mixer. That's that's where I took my. That's where you know I ended up you know working with and while well, I was like working on that streaming platform, and it, it blew my mind. I, I had no idea you know that was happening. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I'm excited about this, and and I'm going to be watching Mixer a lot more often. Um, for me and in, in the business that I'm in, working with a lot of different creators across all the different platforms, being platform agnostic. I hope Mixer just explodes. I hope I, I hope we have another option, you know, to take our brands. Well, like from from a creator standpoint, and you know, I really care about the creators. It's like the tools that that they actually have on Mixer for uh, community engagement. There's no other platform like it. Like mm -hmm. they really thought that out. That's part of the system. Um, but I can tell you right well, now, because creators were behind. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. When you have creators creating the the, the platform, then it's definitely creator uh, focused, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I can tell you um, that even even though we're talking about gaming and everything from here, but platform wise, TikTok right now is blowing up. Oh yeah, it is like super blowing up. Like I we, we were just at VidCon, and I I tend to watch Generation Z really close because like sure. I figure out if that's where it's at, that's where the wave's coming. And uh, TikTok took over uh, VidCon. Whether whether YouTube or anyone else knew it, mm -hmm. they actually did because everybody was posting to TikTok, not necessarily on you know Instagram or Twitter or even Snapchat. They were right in TikTok, and yeah. it was it was crazy. Well, TikTok's owned by ByteDance, and By ByteDance exactly. also owns China's uh, going to rule the world. Well, the <laughs> ByteDance also owns Douyin, which is the fastest yeah, yeah. video platform um, that, that has been growing in China. And, and so they basically have like two very fast growing platforms right now, TikTok as well as Douyin, and it's amazing. Yeah. And 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 they they they, they took Musically and they improved it. They oh, made yeah. it way better. Oh, it's so and, much and better. It's, it's going much faster. Yeah. And and I remember when the, the um, Musically creators were were the big thing. I think like um, it wasn't it wasn't ever at VidCon. Um, it was at Playlist, Playlist Live. Live. And and it plays live like had a really huge year because they got to all of the um, musically influencers before anyone else. Right. But here this last year at at, at VidCon, TikTok was everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And all the creators were there, and and you have all the creators from well, a lot of the creators from both YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else now dabbling in it because they can't ignore it. Yeah, you can't you can't ignore it. It's like the eyeballs are are now switching over. In fact, I was actually on a com uh, conversation uh, call with John uh, Yushai and mm -hmm. we had John on the podcast yeah. before and he does the, he's the marketing manager for IGTV. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how close are you actually watching TikTok? Cause like right now with TikTok, you know, there is a mass movement uh, where they're spending more uh, time and more of those eyeballs are actually going onto that content. And he says, you know, we're, we're really focusing on a lot of what we're doing, but we're looking to see what's trending right now. And a lot of the things that's going on at TikTok interests, even Instagram of realizing maybe we need to analyze and adjust kind of like what they did with Snapchat when Snapchat came and was rising to power. They're like, Ooh, well maybe if we add these features here that they like, we can keep, you know, a big segment of our, our audience. So, yeah. 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 Well, the thing with TikTok, you know, they're very calculated. I, I, they're, they're being very strategic. You know, my team has worked with TikTok, yeah, and, and has done some great stuff with them, um, and, and you know, helping build different verticals on the platform. And they're very calculated. They they, they have a formula, and this is something that Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, none of them have really done that. They've never really had a recruiting method, yeah. And 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 TikTok's doing it, and it's working. And 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 and, and you know, that's I think one of many reasons. Why they're growing so well, quickly. Well, it's like, okay, growth is one thing, but making money. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, that was like, that's how Vine died on the Vine. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, if you there, there's not a way to monetize for creators, why are they going to do it? Right. right. Yeah. We can get masses of audiences and so on and so forth, but how can we make it more sustainable? And uh, TikTok right from the beginning, I mean, they announced once they took over Musical.ly, it's like, we will have a monetization option on this. This is not going to be a thing that's just going to be left to a side. And they are literally executing on their plan. Now, 
uh, still uh, to this day, you know, to monetize on Instagram and IGTV, it, it, they're still trying to figure that out, you know, and, and they don't even have creators right now. There's and things I, that are going through beta right well, now. Well, there, there are, there's a, a few hand select mm -hmm. uh, things on beta, but realistically, if you can grow and, and you're ready to grow an audience right mm -hmm. now, and you're ready to, to monetize, mm -hmm. where would you want to go? I would want to go where there's actually momentum happening. Sure. Right. I, absolutely. So well, well, this is the thing. Seeing what Facebook's been doing was interesting because Facebook engagement is not consistent. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's up, down. Like, I mean, you, you, I mean, it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. Right. Now, right. The, I mean, there are some creators on Facebook that have really gotten it and have figured it out, but they'd never know how many views they're going to get right. or what their averages are. Yep. However, on Instagram, engagement's very consistent. Yep. And so I, 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 even though well, they're not the new thing, I do think if they prioritize having some type of rev share with creators, they'll kill it. Yeah. Because the engagement on Instagram is just insane. And, and, and the, and the stuff that we're seeing with Instagram stories specifically, you know, the engagement, you know, obviously only lasts 24 hours unless they feature the story. But, but that engagement destroys any other platform when it comes to like a brand being inside the content Yeah, from, from well, an integration I, perspective. I look at it like Facebook's trying to be the end all be all, mm -hmm. right? Instagram is just targeted. This is all we do, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think it's less complicated. Yeah. Um, Facebook, they, they, they don't even know how it's going to work when they make adjustments. Hey, it's, we're all about, you know, Facebook watch. Mm -hmm. And then it dies off in yeah. eight months. Right. It's like, they don't know where their focus is going to be, but Instagram is fairly clear. Uh, I'm just saying that I think the tide's turning right now. Yeah. Um, and if I was, so do you think there's going to be a decentralization of platforms? I, well, this is gonna be like I a would more platforms. I would hope so. Oh, me too. No, no, seriously. <laughs> no, I really would. No, no, we, we agree. We're, we're agree yeah. 100% on we this. We should always disagree, but this I, is like I know, something no, we agree no, about. It's right? better for engagement if we That's disagree. Right. But, um, cause like in China, you know, right now, you know, I, I was working, I, I was, I was, I was, I mean, just recently I, I was in China and I was meeting with several different K, what they call KOLs, which, mm. you know, is M MCNs in China. No, 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 no. <laughs> so KOL is, um, key opinion leader. Oh, there you go. So they're the and, influencer. And, and, so influencer, yeah. Networking for right, the network. Right, right, right. Okay. And, and, and so, but, you know, as I went and met with, with some of like the different, you know, um, KOLs out there who sometimes build up massive networks right. of, of, of hundreds or thousands of, of creators, like they figure out how to do something well and they, re, they replicate it across hundreds of other um, channels. Yep. Or, or, or um, and, and, you know, whether it's on Doing or Weibo. But, Supposedly, you know, in China, there's over 350 relevant video platforms. That is crazy. As a company, we're only monitoring like the top seven. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's because there's so much decentralization happening over there. It's, it's really exciting. But I think in the West, we're, we're like five years behind. It's going to be similar. Well, well I, I, hope it is. I look at it this way. It's like when broadcast TV, there was like three or four stations, right? And then you had the introduction of cable TV. Um, and with cable TV, it brought thousands of different channels. And, and then there's a lot of different providers. You can get different packages. The problem with it, and this is what the problem with most platforms is, they're like, you have to have these packages. You know, this is what you get. You know, this is what you're, they're at. And when YouTube came along, it was like, no, broadcast yourself. If you want a specific niche, if you want to talk about cats for 24 hours, you can do this. This is an audience that you can build. Now, I look at uh, some of the things that are happening um, with, with censoring. And, and don't get me, we, that could be a full discussion, but it's just more about, hey, you know what, there's certain things that we don't want on our platform or being said on our platform. And they're literally kicking off creators. Where are they going to go? You know, some of them gone to podcasts and podcasts shut them down. Where are they going to go? Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be opportunity for uh, audiences and eyeballs to go somewhere. And I see that going to be happening. Just what happened when broadcast television was introduced to to cable, you're going to have that actually happening here with, with platforms. And I, I can tell you that um, there's a lot of companies that are not afraid of this. And they're like, oh, no, we won't weather this. Or we'll weather the storm, whatever it may be, because, you know, we, we're so massive right now. But I just bring up one statement. Yeah. You know, well, MySpace. Like, like they, they were the king of the world and they wouldn't modify with it. And how fast did they go under? You're 100% right. Well, what's interesting, before YouTube became very relevant, there were a bunch of blogs and websites that had video content. Yeah. There's a part of me that wonders if that is going to happen again, where 
a creator or a group of creators can be like, look, we're gonna, we have our own niche. We're going to create our own, um, you know, um, um, platform, our own like social network right. um, where we can keep pumping out our, our own content. Actually, you and I have <laughs> investing in an opportunity like this. In, in, in but, 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 but with that said, you know, I think, you know, you know, 12 years ago, we were all looking at, you know, all, all the social media platforms and we were trying to figure out, okay, you know, is it going to become a lot more diverse? Is it going to be, you know, is there going to be a lot more, you know, different opportunities out there? And we we're realizing that a lot of centralization was happening. I think video is where it's all going to change, where, you know, there's going to be new platforms that have different types of videos and different types of content. And it's not going to be about, you know, connecting with friends. It's about, it's going to be about consumption. And I, yeah. th I think, I think that's, what's going to be around the corner and it's going to be very disruptive. Yep. And, and that's what's going to hurt the YouTubes, the Facebooks, and all the, you know, well, the major platforms. It, it, it's all coming back from how are they going to make money on it, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, that was the whole essence of MCNs before. It's like, hey, yeah. we'll go ahead and group similar channels together, sell advertising on those channels. Mm -hmm. The only thing is it's kind of a flawed concept. I think the principle's true. It's like, hey, if, if you had 10 creators that were pumping out daily content or content a few times a week, it's like, how many eyeballs would you actually get? And then start putting a value on a very niche oriented audience and, you know, targeting them. And so it's like, I, I think the, the revolutions will be in advertising more than anything else. Um, and where the money goes is where uh, the creators will go. And so it's like that, I think that kind of brings back the circle with Mixer and, and Ninja. Um, I think it's a very strategic play for Ninja to do this because I, you and I have seen creators come and go. Yeah. And when you're at your pinnacle, your peak, um, it, it's all downhill from there. You yeah. Know, there's always competition. It's, it's tough. Figure out a way to get a big lump sum of cash. Exactly. And then do something that no one else is doing. Exactly. And, and I could only imagine, I mean, the, the type of deal that he actually got, I can only imagine that, um, to encourage someone to go off of a platform that has built up his reputation and to leave it. And I know that there was a lot of frustration with a lot of streamers that, um, that they, that, that Twitch is, uh, carries a heavy hand and it's not balanced for female Twitch creators versus male uh, creators. And then also some of the systems are, are broke, you know, in, in that as well, like every platform, you know, when you're, when you're on the platform long enough, you can get dissatisfied with not being taken care of, but with Mixer coming in, you know, I can only imagine, you know, the, like, they just say they take a third of Ninja's audience over the less massive for a platform, Sure. you know, and that's going to create new opportunity, uh, for not only Ninja, but for any creator that actually follows. And so, uh, I thought it was kind of petty though. Uh, one thing that Twitch did, I don't know, but they took away Ninja's verification on Twitch. Oh, did they? <laughs> I, I, they did. <laughs> I don't know if it was petty. I don't know if it was part of the agreement. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, he's not verified anymore. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's the best move. I, I just, you know, cause, cause he, he might come back PR moves. Well, I, yeah. I don't see that. Like, like, like you know, you're not here anymore. <laughs> well, we're taking this yeah, away. Yeah, you know? We're going to give it to somebody that cares. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, so, so, you know, with all this change, you know, you've been very influential in the creator space and helping creators navigate changes with algorithms, right. with monetization. Um, can you kind of give us, you know, give me like, you know, more insight of how you started? Cause we've known each other for years, yeah. but I really don't know how you got into this space because I'm usually tired of hearing you talk. <laughs> well, there's some, there's some truth to that. <laughs> this is joking. No, but really. No, no you're not. <laughs> well, so, so, but, but really though, like, yeah. Um, like, I mean, cause I know you've been very successful as an entrepreneur and, and you've built businesses and sold businesses. Yeah. Um, how did you get into entertainment and, and specifically being so obsessed with the YouTube algorithm? I, I, when I was eight years old, I was watching the Super Bowl and I'm like, I want to make a Super Bowl commercial, you know, and, and I'm not one that like I wanted to, to, to be, you know, a videographer or anything like that, but I wanted to come up with the idea, the concept and to market it. And, and that was something that I, uh, just wanted to do. And, and growing up, you know, um, you know, I had access to computers. My dad was really good about making sure that when we had an interest that we, he was providing for that interest. Oh, that's great. And, you know, I, I got bored in school a lot and I had a policy. If I couldn't get schoolwork done in school, I wasn't doing it because I didn't believe in homework. Like I just wanted to further my education, which at that time was, was, uh, programming and, uh, anything with computers. And so when I got home, uh, I, I served, 
uh, for two years as a missionary for my church down in, in Paraguay. I uh, did a lot of volunteering down there, and it just really opened my eyes of how um, real the world is. And sometimes we don't see that living in America. And, and I was grateful for that opportunity. I got home, and uh, for me, I just wanted to get done with school quick. And I'm like, what can I do? Uh, to get done with school quick. And um, I, I clipped out a lot of classes since I speak fluent Spanish. I was able to clip out of Spanish. And then the easiest course for me was to do my passion, which was uh, communications, advertising, and marketing. And so I got a four-year degree in two and a half years. And I just don't think that we should conform to the system in the sense of, hey, you have to put four years in to get the education. Uh, so I clipped out of a lot of classes and I got my dream job. And my dream job was I wanted to live where I live in Southern Utah. And, and when you say Southern Utah, this basically this, this means is Red Rock this Desert. Is po Podunk, Southern Utah, <laughs> right? Uh, just right outside of Zion National Park. And I love it because that's where my family settled and that's where my family lives. And so I didn't want to move. And, and to live in that area, you either had to be in construction, real estate, or you know, um, some medical field. But other than that, there's not much, op you know, occupation unless you go into education. Um, and so graduating, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go through the medical route and just work on the administrative side of, of medical. They can make a ton of money. I mean, I looked at the CEO of Dixie Regional is making seven figures. And so I'm like, okay, that's something I want to do. Um, so I got my dream job. I was assistant director of public relations and realized really quickly, I didn't like working for people um, that let limit me. And, and I felt uh, limited in so many different ways. And I, I remember after that limitation hit, I, I, I picked up the phone. I says, honey, um, and we just had a brand new child. I'm like, I got to quit. <laughs> I go, there's just no way she's like, no, the stability and all this other stuff. I says, no, I just, I got to quit. She goes, well, promise me one thing. Just promise you won't start your own business. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I says, I'll, I'll look. But every. <laughs> which, which I think is a Utah thing. Because there's so many entrepreneurs oh, out there. It, so much so. And, 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 you know, my mother, you know, her father was an entrepreneur and, and, and did a lot of things. And when she found out that my um, father was going to be a physical therapist, she's like, done deal. You're like, like oh, sign me up. <laughs> consistent, you know, secure. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, no, it's, it is. And but then she ended up being the entrepreneur. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of how it all, all began. And I had a lot of different job offers, but it would compromise either my internal beliefs in the sense of, of when to work and how to work and pull me away from the family or it moved me out of the area, which I wasn't willing to do. So finally, after a lot of prayer, um, not necessarily convincing on my wife's part because my wife was super supportive, started my own business. And um, right there, we started out doing things I was already, um, you know, proficient at, which is making websites. This is back in 1999. Um, and then I was like saying, if we're building a website, I want to actually do hosting. And so we started a hosting company. And then two, people need visibility on online. And so we started to post to directories. And so at that time, directory of choice was Yahoo. And we had a little <laughs> thing called Ask Jeeves. You remember Ask Jeeves? Are you uh, old enough to remember the Ask Jeeves era of the internet? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, Yahoo. And, I mean, I mean, I was yeah. younger, but yeah. So anyway, built that up, ranked websites, and got really good at it. Now, the cool thing for me is my I had a mentor, my dad, and he's like, "Son, you got to have residual income." And so that's where we got into a lot of search engine optimization. And in that time. About 1999, 2000, that's called spam. Just to let you know. Yes. <laughs> the time, you're just like spamming the keywords, all that other stuff. But um, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a good way of getting a residual income. Hey, it, it was maybe, actually, maybe for like three years. It, well, <laughs> it, it was a new thing. No, yeah. you know, it, you, you're kind of evolving with it. And so uh, we build up a, a pretty vast empire in, in building websites and getting them ranked. And Google came along and changed everything just because the way that it searched and, you know, discovered new content and, and displayed it out there. Uh, in 2005, uh, it was a very interesting moment in my life. Um, I was uh, on Craigslist, not, not for that reason, but uh, <laughs> what, what back in 2005, it was more like a dating site <laughs> and like all the other stuff. But I, I was on Craigslist looking for a desk and I wanted sure. a free desk because I'm, I'm, I'm cheap. Like I'm, I'm super cheap. Dude. Uh -huh. So anyway, uh, went on to go get a desk and see if there's a free one or a cheap one. And I saw this ad that says, hey, we will give you the new iPod 
Um, if you will go on and get a hundred people to sign up for this new platform. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool because the iPod at the time was like the size of a brick uh-huh. and they just came out with like a size of a stick of gum. What was the platform? iPod, iPod it was YouTube. And what? so, yeah. So this is October, <laughs> this is October, uh, 2005 and my, <laughs> awesome. my, my jaw dropped and hit the floor when I went on to YouTube the first time. And the reason why is I, I, I'm I'm very good at seeing where technology is going and and kind of innovating around it. And like that was the first time I saw a video played on the internet that didn't have the dreaded buffer. Before you had to wait till the end. It had to all stream through before it would actually start. Well, YouTube, you hit the button and it had to play. And I go, what is this black magic? What is this, you know, this voodoo that's going on here? And I was like enthralled. And then the next thing was you could embed your videos on websites. So the first thing that went through my mind, Ricky, is how can I make more money with this? And so I went back and I uh, upsold for the uh, for a solid year, every one of my clients that we did website work for, uh, and we were doing some search engine optimization to actually do a video um, and put on their, uh, on their website. So we did 865 videos in the course of about uh, 16 months. Now, uh, during that time, and this is a long story, but it, it will be really relevant. Um, in 2006, YouTube was purchased by Google and that's when everything changed. And, um, I, I was super excited cause I loved the platform and I loved what Google was doing. It was making us a lot of money. And, um, in 2007, every one of those videos that I created, um, I gave them a good solid title, right? And we had good description. They didn't have tags at the time, but they were actually starting to show up in Google search. And I was fighting my time with Matt Cuts, and Matt Cuts is the anti-spam czar and handles the algorithm, you know, for for Google. And um, I'm like, here's all this effort and time to keep a, a website to go to the top of the search engines, and all I did is upload a video. And so I sold off all our clients, um, anyone that wasn't paying a certain dollar amount, and and I got rid of a lot of employees at the time, and and I just focused one hundred percent on video, and that was the beginning. And we did um, the, the probably some of the most difficult type of conversion is getting people to uh, take action in a video, mm-hmm. um, and that's how it all started. And it blossomed from there. I really love that portion of it. I love the concept creation, grabbing people's attention and taking them through the process. I'm like, this is what I what I wanted to do when I was a kid. And then this, you know, guy from Hurricane Utah, yeah, I'm gonna the give desert, yeah. you know, is an entertainment. Yeah, no, no. But here's the craziest thing. It wasn't until. Um, I was blowing up doctors, dentists, lawyers, pest control companies, and the pest control companies was was a forte because, you know, I live in the desert. There's huge cockroaches like the size of your head, right? And one of my friends um, that I helped him quintuple his business, and he had different uh, employees that were coming on, and the phone was ringing, and it was really good. He went into this piano store, and the owner of the piano store says, hey, do you know anybody that does marketing? We need some help with our website. We're just doing stuff on YouTube. And he goes, oh, you got to use Daryl. He, he's great. He's done all this. So I went and met this uh, piano store owner, and he sat down, and he says, hey, we're, we're putting videos on, on YouTube to try to sell pianos. I, I know and who it was. It was Paul, <laughs> right? And, and it was Paul. <laughs> and he goes, and I saw, I saw the video, and I'm like, this is really good. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, how many pianos have you sold? He goes, zero. I go, okay, okay, this is interesting. So before you know it, we started working together and, um, and, and they're like by far some of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Uh, but in, in less than well, two- we, we should say two, who they are. Two, well, so, two short okay, years, yeah. uh, they went from an unknown piano store uh, to selling out concerts, you know? And that, that whole thing is they had 20, uh, 2.2 million subscri- uh, subscribers and over 200 million video views. And if you're familiar with the piano guys, that's who we're actually talking so, about. So the piano guys was a piano store in St. George, Utah. Right. That then became famous. And and they're yeah. out touring the world right now. Now, yeah. here's a couple things. Great, great people. Oh, to work with. amazing people. Like Steven Sharp Nelson is one of the most talented people. Al is one mm-hmm. of the most talented people. Right. Oh, the whole thing. John and, and Paul, of course. And, and Paul's the one that just basically started everything. Yeah. And, it, and, and then... It's, up from there. De- definitely, definitely, uh, you know, it's really interesting of, of the right people coming in at the right time to make it happen. But the thing for per- me, perfect example of looking at building an audience and, 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 and creating videos for the purpose of building a media company and not just trying to be famous. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where it, it transitioned to me. Cause what happened was 
I found my love and I'm really good at understanding algorithms and understanding human nature and how to blend the two worlds together to create, to create content. And, um, once that happened, I says, I, I'm going to stop doing these videos that are, um, you know, trying to get people to buy whatever product. And I want to just 100% deal with audience uh, development. And since then, you know, I've helped 21 channels start from nothing and get over a million subscribers each. I think it's close to the total subscribership is we had like 78 million. Uh, some channels we own, sometimes we partner with, uh, well, but well, also. So, so what's the collective amount of followers you have with all the channels that you own? Oh. I don't know, probably 15 million, somewhere okay. there. Um, but, but the thing, um, but the thing about it is, um, we've, we've helped create 45 uh, billion video views. Now I, I want to put it in context about a billion of those were just dumb luck. Sure. Um, everything else was a pretty replicatable system in place. So, uh, you know, 44 billion of those was pretty replicatable. And, you know, I've worked with some That's of the, the most amazing brands and creators in the world. I, like the top creators, the top brands, I get to go in and, and do my, 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 work, which I love. Um, so that's kind of how I got all started. Um, but I, I can tell you though, uh, along the way, um, I got really sick of answering questions from my clients on the most basic things. And I'm like, okay, uh, what could I do, uh, to do that? So I actually started my own YouTube channels like in 2013 mm -hmm. and I started uploading videos of common questions that people would have because YouTube wasn't supporting that at the time. And I, you know, right now I'm just shy of 600,000 subscribers, but the most important thing, it's only 20 minutes a week if I have that 20 minutes. And so right, that's what right. I've been able to grow. And so it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun. So, and I'm sure it monetizes well, but not as well as your other channels, I'd assume. No, like, like I, I look at it, the monetization aspect of it is, um, I own a conference that I put on every year called Vid Summit, and it gets people aware of going to the so Vid it's Summit. it's really like a thought leadership play if, and, and, very and much an educational so. play. It, it was 100%. I, when I was uh, making the call, because it's what everybody needs to do, do I want to brand it for me individually? Do I want to brand it as a company? A company I can sell, I can't sell myself. Well, I guess mm -hmm. I could, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but it was that decision. And for me, I wanted to make, and it's not an arrogance thing, but I, I says like, if I make myself known in the industry as that guy, then it doesn't matter what project I do, I can bring the weight to it. And so I made that, that play. And I'm not saying that's the right play for everyone. It was for sure. me at the time. And you know, we, uh, like whatever business I do, I bring that clout as long as I keep you know, pushing the envelope and kind of running from there. And that's, that's how it all, how, how it all started. But Man, I can tell you, though, um, where we met and I know that you don't remember me and this is long before you had the beard. <laughs> really? Long before. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. So where it was in the basement meet? of that, the Devin super tramp meetup with the creators. Oh, you were there. That, exactly. Oh, and wow. Okay. It was like, it, what was interesting at the time is I look at that group of, of people just saying, Hey, let's try to figure these things out together. It's a lot like, of those people have been very successful. Oh, I, I look at from you to Devin. To well, the, the you have cucurl hairstyles. Exactly. You have you have a lot of people that have really uh, disrupted the industry, yeah. seen the opportunity. Um, I do give credit to Devin. Like, it, there's two people in Utah that I give credit for for really exploding it, and one's Jeffrey Harmon, yeah. uh, who we partnered on several things with, and and then also Devin Supertramp. And I, I look at those two aspects, and Devin, you know, did a lot of earlier work for you know Aura Brush and saw opportunity, and he was been able to explode. But what I love and the about company that I started is what sustained a lot of those. Well, people. of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, Plaid, Plaid not, was not, not, not a lot of people realize this. I, I mean, Utah, I, I live in LA, but now, but like um, Utah for a while there was like the third largest community of creators. Yeah. It was first LA, then London, then Utah. And then since then it's been much more decentralized. Yeah. And, and Toronto's right, up there right now. Toronto's yeah. up there, but right now we're in Dallas and there's a lot of creators and a lot of viewership coming from Dallas. Yeah. From Dude Perfect. Yeah. To Preston Plays to Girl Hairstyles. Like there's a lot of stuff happening here too. It's happening everywhere. And I think... That's what it should. I mean, that's what it should be. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it creates mo much more innovation when you have a lot of different perspectives from different 
communities and different areas. Yeah. And just Hollywood. And it it is, it is. And I think that's the whole essence of it. I I know that there's a lot of creators, um, big creators, like I got to go to Hollywood. I'm like, why do you have to go to California? You know, Mm -hmm. why? Oh, it's just the opportunity. I'm like, okay. Um, I I don't know if you know this, but you go try to shoot out in public mm -hmm. and you're gonna have to get a permit for that. Right. (laughs) Right. That's, it's a whole new level. And yeah, it might be a little bit easier and it's a little bit more close. If you go to Hollywood, you go there, to get a job, right? To work for someone, not to create a media empire. Exactly. Because if you want to, if you want to act, that's not really starting your own business. That's going and acting. It's, exactly. it's work for hire. And and, yeah. and there's a lot of creators there because yeah. of the you know the brands are there. And, and if so you want to work for you know um, you know unscripted you know television, or if you want to be on the Late Show, yes, you're going to make a lot of money doing that. But it's not your business. But how how cheap is it to fly somewhere? I mean, come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's it's like like we were having a conversation with a creator, and um, they're like, "Oh, I gotta go to Hollywood." I'm like, "Why? Like, do you even realize that the taxes of California? Like, why would you even want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know?" And sure enough, he went there and realized, you know, this is not a place for me. I'm going to move to Las Vegas where they don't have state tax. Now, now I and am so. in L.A. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> and, I, and, but, I, and I did move there. But you had to do it for, because yeah, you got acquired. I, I, I was acquired. But yeah. to be honest, the advantages to L.A. is that it really is, a, you know, a hub of entertainers. Yeah. And so if you are in Iowa or let's say, you know, some, some rural area in like Florida, it's going to be much harder for you to really network and collaborate. And so I'd say if you do go to LA, like do it for the collaboration, but you can also find I, another, so, another area to so do that. You and I, we love to network. We yeah. love to meet people. I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there's strategic times that, you know, you should be creating better content versus trying to get better connected. Right? Sure. Cause it's all about getting the eyeballs at the end of the day. 100%. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, Mr. Beast. Yeah, I mean, he's in North Carolina, right? That's right. That's right. I, I mean, I think that trend's going to continue to happen and it's also cheaper, lower costs to being outside of California. You know, living in LA, it's very strategic, and I think there's a lot of advantages for it. But at the end of the day, it's about the content, mm-hmm. not necessarily about the connections. Like oh, for connections sure. will bring you more money. I, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about that, right? Mm-hmm. Finding the right people, being being exposed to the right people, and having them learn about you. It's like I I hear well, about. Well, you also can't be an island. Like I mean, you you do need to have some form of collaboration. I want everyone to move to where I'm at. Like not everyone. (laughs) Let let me me preface that. I just want the bigger YouTubers that I like to live where I'm at. So yeah, they can all become rednecks. That's That's right. That's right. I'll tell, I'll tell Dan Markham that you called him a redneck. (laughs) Well, so this is, this is the thing, you know, one thing you mentioned is that you first started out doing SEO. Yeah. And, and then, you know, YouTube was one of those things where once it got acquired by Google, it was wonderful for SEO. Yeah. I actually remember those days. I remember some of our first clients, how we sold them through. I mean, sold them in. We're like, look, we're going to work with a lot of these different creators. You know, they're going to talk about your brand. They're going to, you know, put your brand, you know, in the title or like the description box, which we don't do that anymore. But, but we used to, you know, have to like figure out strategies like this in order to get money and it would destroy their, I mean, in a good way, it'd blow out blow up their brand and yeah. destroy their competition yeah. and, and and they'd be, not just get highly ranked on youtube but you know all search engines yeah. and, and and i think it still works today i mean when you work with creators that's like one one of many things that that is a benefit that you have you know a long tail results i mean you have long tail success with seo yeah no, I think SEO is always a value, whether it's in the video or, you know, the metadata, you know, for the video. Um, it's like one of the projects I worked on, uh, worked with the talented Harmon Brothers, which mm-hmm. you're familiar with. Um, yeah. I, I was the I, I, executive I, 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 producer. I, I, I know you're part owner or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've invested in them. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, we worked on Squatty Potty, the pooping unicorn uh, ad. And going through the SEO of that and, and the whole marketing structure, it's like we, you put so much time and effort on getting the right thumbnail, getting the right title. I mean, we spent a ton of money just testing and variating, you know, and it's just like, once you have a system down, you know, and you can say, oh, you're going to have a higher probability of people to click on it. How many sales did that video generate? Uh, it, so the company did $45 million of attributable sales to that video in the first 12 months. Oh, and so, amazing. I mean, it, it, it was unbelievable. Um, they now sold. So, so you you wanted to you know do a Super Bowl ad as a as a kid. I think well doing something like Squatty Potty you know with the Harmon Brothers yeah is a much bigger accomplishment. No, no, no. Because I, it was a self sustaining video that just 
went viral, but also just like continue to grow sales over time. Right. I think the essence of, of how big the Super Bowl is, is how many eyeballs. Um, people don't realize this, but the, the biggest uh, entertainment show that happens on, you know, throughout the year is the Super Bowl halftime, unless the World Cup's playing. The World Cup usually dominates everything worldwide, but the, the entertainment of the Super Bowl halftime show has the most eyeballs, especially here in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you take that, and the biggest um, moment in history happens 40 times on YouTube every day. Yeah. It's just that you have f- times that by 40 and that's what happens on YouTube. And so for me, yeah, I've, I've done uh, amazing projects and you're familiar with a lot of those projects. We don't need to go in detail, but they have a lot more views than any Super Bowl uh, ad would ever, right. you know? And, and for me, it's, 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 it's an honor. But what I love about it is Super Bowl commercials at the time were only, you know, 30 seconds and a minute. And that was it. That was your exposure that you couldn't go watch them again. You know, you had to put the DVD or, or not the DVD, the, the cassette tape in there to record on your VCR. And that was it. And for me, um, you know, I'd watch it over and over again, but now it's all accessible, you know, online. And it, like you, you mentioned squatty parties, it's four years old, but it still brings in cells. They still are using it right now to bring in cells, you know, yeah. whether through it's paid acquisition or organic, it just does. With all the content out there and, and, you know, you know, you know, I'm a huge advocate of integration. I believe right. that is uh, going to be a huge part of the future of advertising and marketing. But even today on, on YouTube, on Instagram, every month brands can see just as big of an impact you know, working with creators every month as they would with one Super Bowl ad, yeah. if not even bigger. Yeah. And and if they're just to do it the right way, because the scale is there, the inventory is there, just most companies aren't tapping into it and really, uh, uh, you know, taking it on aggressively. Can, can I tell you why? And this is my disrupt it's a, a little it, bit. It, it's, a, it, it's a reverse model. Well, no. They it, have to do everything differently. It, it's, it, it is because of this. They're lazy. It, at the end sure. of the day, no, seriously, it's like here we can have one spot get this many eyeballs, you know, and it's some creative director and advertising firm that's pushing them on this instead of saying, look, we could actually track and have ROI mm-hmm. if we do this other model. You take the same amount of money. I mean, to do a, a commercial on, on the Super Bowl is like four to $5 million right now yeah. for a 30 second spot. Yeah. You take that same thing for the same amount of exposure, you know, and that doesn't include the production of the, right. the ad. So they're probably a good, you know, seven, eight million going into the production of the ad and they take that same moment, do that same thing for a month, but do it the way that we're talking about. And they'll probably 10 times the reach, oh, but absolutely. also 10 times their brand, uh, you know, their brand engagement. Absolutely. And you can actually, you know, track clicks, <laughs> exactly. you can track sales, yeah. you know, something that, you know, most Super Bowl ads aren't doing, you know, I, I wouldn't want to use the word lazy, but it really is going to take a lot of work. No, 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 I'm going to say no. I, I'm you, calling you, them lazy. You, it's like, lazy. no, let me tell you why. It's like you, you have this money grubbing, like here, let's throw all this money at television, but there was no way to track it. It's like the easier yeah. way to do marketing because they're like, all they got to do is spend through yeah. money but, and they're making a percentage. But big companies have so much red tape and you really do have to reverse what you've been doing for no, a hundred right. years. Right. In order to work with creators and influencers the right way and to be data driven and to scale it to get to the point where you can work with thousands of them with good quality control, that's going to take time. You're going to have to sell it into a bunch of different departments right. from, from, you know, not just marketing, but also to finance, but also you have to be willing to step back and say, okay, everything that we've done in creating marketing, marketing or advertisements in the past, we have to just change and shift what we're doing, step back and do it this other way. Well, I, and, and to be honest, it is a more data-driven approach it, as well, I, but- 100%, so like, let's take- uh, The gaming companies are well, starting to kill let, it. Let's go know? ahead and yeah. take Epic Games, for example. Yeah. Um, they had the Unreal Engine, they had a game back, was it two, uh, uh, so 1993, 90, no, mm-hmm. 95, uh, called Unreal Tournament, mm-hmm. and it was just like off the charts with the graphics and stuff like that. I, I killed- a lot of people that way, not, not in the video game. Yeah, let's let's video clarify game. Right, right, right. it. But anyway, um, it, it, that was their big hit. And, and by that time they were actually just using the technologies and, and, uh, you know, licensing it out to other uh, companies and that's kind of how they grew. And they went, uh, for many, many years, just acquiring different companies like chair, uh, that did infinity blade and a few others, and just kind of integrating them into their system when they launched Fortnite. Um, and I want to put this because it's very relevant, especially with the beginning of this podcast. When they launched Fortnite, 
they took a step back and says, okay, how are we going to do brand integration? How are we going to do creator integration? And how are we going to keep it relevant just so that it's not a game that comes and goes in, in, in six months? Right. You know, how is it going to innovate? And their whole gamification within the game uh, and the whole monetization model. I mean, think about this. You're saying to the company, hey, company, we want to give your stuff away for free. Right? You're going to completely give it away for free. And, and yet how many companies would do that? And Epic Games did. The game's free on every platform. And then they have in-app purchases and there's a gamification model where, you know, you can buy uh, into a season, uh, season and, you know, they're opening different seasons and there's different skins. And people don't realize that billions and billions and billions of dollars are transacted mm -hmm. on a free game. And what I love about uh, Epic Disruptive Games- Disruptive gaming forever. 100%. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Epic Games is they went all in on the most important side of it. So the game side is really important. That's what where people think, oh, the product, the product, the product. And they thought about the distribution, the distribution, the distribution, which was getting creators paid. I mean, here you had a 16-year-old kid just win the World Cup and made $3 million. $3 million. You know, and they're giving hundreds of millions of dollars uh, uh, away to creators to what? Play the game, to compete. And that is marketing money. That Those integrations right there are super solid. And they literally have transformed uh, an industry and people come play like they, they, they're, they're trying to compete with, with Fortnite and, and you work with a couple that, you know, have, have done a great job disrupting it. But at the end of the day, where are the eyeballs going and where it is the money flowing yeah. more importantly. And I can tell you right now that the most innovative thing that Epic games has done wasn't, uh, wasn't Fortnite, but the way that they actually pay their creators yeah. is the most innovative way. So, yeah, yeah, no, that, no, that is very interesting. And, 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 and they, they create something sustainable and all brands can do that. I mean, you look at, you know, also Apex, you know, from Electronic Arts, you know, they launched their first week and they got over 25 million players their yeah. first week. Yeah. And they did not do any traditional form of advertising. Oh, they did it. They did it. They sponsored a Mr. Beast video, you right? They worked with a good variety of different right. creators and influencers. And, 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 you know, right now that's the biggest rival to Fortnite. Yeah. No, and, and it's the biggest competitor it, and, and stealing market share. It, and, and stealing market share is the freshness of the game, but it will not be sustainable unless there is a trigger to pay creators in a, in a, in a uniform way. And so it's like, like I, I truly believe that the next iteration of, of platforms is who's going to pay more money and who's going to uh, create less resistance yeah. of them making money. Well, personally, I think it's, I think it's a better game too, though. Yeah. Like, I, I, cause it, cause it's, it's more appealing, not just to the younger you, audience. I, I can tell you audience. why I, I can, already, but, 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 I can, no, I can tell you why yeah. you think it's a better game. Yeah. You want to know why? Cause you don't have to build anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do not want to do that Minecraft stuff. <laughs> and and I, I think I think it's a lot more fun, but 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 the thing is there's a lot of challenges out there. Right. And and the ones that are doing the best and are performing, you know, the best as well are the ones that are inside the content, not blasting advertisements outside the content. I I would agree with that. And I I I look at where we're going as a society um, you know, with brands and so on. And it's really interesting. You have the space race right now mm -hmm. happening. You have, you know, Amazon and SpaceX and these different corporations mm -hmm. that are just trying to get to that next, you know, iteration. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of businesses as we know it are going to fade out because they're, they're relying on old, strategies to get eyeballs mm -hmm. and they're not collecting data and they're so afraid well, of the data. Why is SpaceX so famous? Well, I, there's a couple. Well, they're doing amazing well, stuff and they have good content. Well, I, like, like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's like, can you get the word out? Like yeah. Elon Musk, whether you like him or hate him, I don't care if there's Elon Musk lovers or mm -hmm. haters, he's probably the best showman that has hit the internet and the world in a hundred years. Oh yeah. And, and some people say, oh no, it's Steve Jobs. But the difference is, is Steve Jobs... Uh, is very cold and yeah. calculated and didn't communicate and with, with that, yeah exactly yeah, he, well, he, didn't, he didn't communicate Plus with his audience hard, I love him, but you know but he, i mean i mean if he did he did more in a central way elon really connects you know with with his audience right and and you know he's an entertainer well, as you but, said like I mean, he, the, and he's also a content creator but, but the difference is is and, the, and and as a content creator mm -hmm. uh the difference is is he has a vision of mm -hmm. why these things are working why did he start solar city why did right. he do spacex why he's doing tesla why right. does gigafactory all of it comes together for a main purpose whether you agree with him or not but he's gonna get someone to mars i guarantee it and so it's mm -hmm. like that right there 
is is the essence of where things are going. And so one, I see one of the riskiest investments I've done. By yeah, the way, is that what it is? <laughs> it's in SpaceX. <laughs> hey, well, well, more about like what what you what you're doing. Like you know, you told us your like your 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 history. Yeah, and 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 thanks for doing that. But what are you the most excited about that you're working on now? Right now, um, you and I both uh, invested into a project. Uh, right. We're doing a TV series on the life of Jesus Christ. And I'm probably more interested in that because of the disruption that we were able to do. Uh, you know, most shows are funded by Hollywood or, you know, fat cats within Hollywood. And we went the crowdfunding route. Um, what I love about it is, uh, we, we, we basically had our audience, uh, become partners of ours and we were the first one to actually go and get approval with a securities exchange commission to take public money to do a reggae offering, uh, raised well over $13 million and, um, we're now producing, that's why we're here, um, in Dallas is because we're producing a show just down the road. Um, which I'm really excited. One about. of the reasons I'm here. Yeah, I'm in the well, I, know, I know you got. I, you always have like multiple reasons yeah. why you're here. Whenever I, I go to a, a new city, it's like I have to have like five reasons to be there. You're right, right. <laughs> okay, to eat, to eat at a steakhouse. No, <laughs> is that what it is? That, that's a part of it. Oh, okay, that's a part of it. No, no, no. What, what's happening with the chosen really is exciting, but I really think um, it, it's showing. I mean, I mean, I mean, what happened with that with that crowdfunding? Well, um, I, I think it's it's. I think it's like the tip of the iceberg. No, what I, I think I think there's eventually going to be, you know, blockchain platforms that's going to make it so all content creators can go out there and raise money and create what they want oh, to create. Oh, I, you know, with, with really one, high value of, that. of top, you know, Hollywood productions. Yeah, for me though, it's like taking a step back. And yes, I'm passionate about the project, but I'm more passionate about the community. Yeah, uh, we're doing stuff that has oh, never yeah. been done before. Absolutely, um, we have uh, following that the show hasn't even come out. We have a following of over 300,000 avid yeah. fans. And they're very engaged. Very, very engaged. Mm -hmm. yeah, like I build audiences for a living and uh, we have our fans of group. It's just really small. It's about mm -hmm. 7,000 people of the 300,000. Mm -hmm. And uh, l last week we had 54,000 post engagements <laughs> in a week <laughs> in that small little group. Out of like 7, you can't get much more avid. Yeah, than that's that. amazing. But no, I, I'm really passionate about that. But I, I'm a firm believer that I think uh, platforms will be decentralized, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and it's going to be about the content and the eyeballs. Who's going to get the eyeballs? And so uh, right now you have platforms banning people for certain beliefs or whatever it is. Those eyeballs will shift. And whether it's in an in-app or whatever, um, I think, you know, we're going to have a lot of competition for eyeballs. And I think it'll be decentralized for sure. No, I'm I'm really excited about that investment, but also what it's going to turn into. Yeah, as, as you you make fun of me a lot because I I either <laughs> I either invest in Bible content or horror films. <laughs> when it comes to my entertainment Dude, investments, it's just like those the, well, those are the no, two no, no, no. those it's are the like, two journals that make money. You're like <laughs> Ying and Yang. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, you have to look at profit, whatever you do. And <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, Satan, let's do profit for Satan. <laughs> no, no, no. It's one of those things where you know, you know. There, there's a market, you know, for, you know, for both, and 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 um, if you look at the history of Hollywood, it's always been, you know, you know the the Bible content or or the um, um, horror content that have been the most profitable. Yeah, and and, no, and, I, and I have a lot of high level producers that have said that my my investing strategy is really smart, and the reason <laughs> so, why they say smart because one of them will take off. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, when it comes to like selling them to TV networks, yeah, yeah. etc. But no, um, Daryl. This has been a fun podcast. Yeah, it's been great. I, I like it when we just riff it back and forth and agree and mostly disagree. And it, <laughs> it, it, it's awesome. But um, everyone, thank you so much um, for, for joining us. Um, again, we're Creative Disruption. And, and please subscribe and like this video and share the world. Word. Word. Yes. Something like oh, that. Crap. <laughs>